Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. everyone. I'm Hello. Hannah. This is Kelty. We're upbringing. We're live at six-ish here to talk about the hard stuff, why it's the good stuff, spirited, sensitive kids, how we can show up and grow up with them by using powers beyond control. That. That. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we all became parents, we were handed this like lovely control toolbox. Consequences on my terms. Now, threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, spanking, blame, uh, timeouts, all those things that are just good stuff so familiar to us, maybe based on our conditioning, based on our own childhoods, upbringings, um, that we're trying to kind of interrupt a little bit. Um, that's our goal is to or dismantle completely using our resist <laughs> approach. Um, those are our powers beyond control because when we use consequences on my terms, now threats, all those things, that's what our kids are learning. The control approach to life. Yeah. And they're also feeling to working with other people. They're also Sorry, feeling yeah. like shit about themselves. And we don't want our kids growing up feeling like shit. Turns out they don't need to feel bad about themselves to learn. That's the new thing. All the research is coming out saying, actually, we can keep our kids feeling good about themselves while not being permissive. We can be teaching skills. We can be holding boundaries. We can be getting shit done connecting, using our influence as parents, right? We can be leading through our influence, through our modeling, through our connection, love, using our attachment for good, using our power for good, because that's how we're, we're teaching our kids when they have power, when they have attachment, Mm -hmm. will they be able to use it, uh, or abuse it? That's the question. Yeah. We want to acknowledge that we are not doctors. 
we're here talking about this stuff. Uh, we've got a, a bunch of trainings, but you know, seek a professional doctor or a psychotherapist if you're worried about something. We also want to acknowledge our privilege. We're cis, straight, able-bodied white women talking about discipline. We are very privileged to be thinking about these things, to be talking about these things, and we consider it our responsibility as white people to be interrupting these cycles of oppression, of injustice, um, doing the work inside the home. I think a lot of us are out there we're, we're at the protests. We're, we're reading the books to, to support BLM and doing all the things. And then we come home and we spank our kids and we tell them they're a piece of crap and we teach them how to demean someone. Mm -hmm. And we teach them about power in a particular yeah. way. So that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to teach our kids that power is not permission. Power is privilege and uh, ways to be sensitively supporting um, uh, people in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we're the first uh, way that our kids learn about that. Absolutely. We're the first boyfriend, girlfriend, person, mm -hmm. friend, neighbor, sex friend, boss, not really, but sex puppet. <laughs> no, no. Um, we teach relationship teacher, professor, yeah. right? The we're ways the that first, we're, we're the, the blueprint, right? The ways that we interact with our kids' feelings and their needs around topics like consent and all kinds of stuff is what our kids are learning. Needs. We talk about it. I think I said that. What? Needs. We're repeating ourselves at this point. <laughs> we're talking about it a lot today because we posted a story on Instagram about, um, some resistance one of our kids was giving to, uh, our dad, mm. her grandpa coming and uh, doing some caregiving. And it was a tricky situation because I think that automatically we think that we want our kids to say yes and no when it's about like cupcakes or when they want that jacket or this jacket or do you want to play with this friend or that I'll friend. give you a choice within a certain <laughs> right radius. So, but our, our big struggle and, uh, and something that is so important is for us to work on giving our kids the ability to say yes and no emphatically with their fierce resistance and their spirits and all their feelings. I think it's so often we say, well, you can resist or you can, you're right. You have every right to disagree with me, but not like this, not, in not this way. like that. Not so loud, not so nasty. Does that sound familiar to any <clears throat> feminists out there? Right? So we're trying to welcome all of our kids emotions, all of our kids resistance because when it. we shut our kids resistance down by saying, I don't like the way you're doing it. What we're actually telling our kids is that we don't like them doing it at all. Mm -hmm. And it tells them that the, the spark of resistance to get their needs met, to express their feelings, right? To move through the world authentically is not okay, right? We can't separate why our kids are doing something and the way they're doing something. Mm -hmm. they, we, they can't separate it. We shouldn't separate it in these early years. So we got to welcome that resistance. we got to work with it instead of against it, yeah. which doesn't mean that we let everything go, mm -hmm. total chaos reign in our homes. That's what we love talking about on these lives is differentiating, saying, how can we welcome something like resistance or big feelings and also still support our kids in adapting and showing that moving through those struggles a little bit more adaptively over time. How do we do those two things? Yeah. Right. So let us know, let us know what's going on with everybody here. Um, we usually get so many, um, uh, folks chiming in here that we can barely even uh, keep up with all of them. Um, but if we don't get to your um, question tonight, send us a DM, send us an email, mm -hmm. right? It's all around kids, big feelings and challenging behaviors. That's the theme of all of these mm -hmm. Q and A's is creating a supportive environment where we all feel less alone. We all feel a sense of clarity, a sense of 
connection, right? A sense of calm, a little bit, or some humor, yeah, that'd be good. right? Even some non-judgmental <clears throat> acceptance around the fact that our kids are supposed to be spirited. They're supposed to be sensitive. That is a human trait mm-hmm. that we want to preserve and protect and nurture. And they're supposed to resist. Right? They're supposed to yeah. say, but I want this. I need this. Our brains go immediately to, ah, selfish, spoiled brat. No, can't be needy, can't be demanding, can't say it like this. Yeah. And I think that that so much uh, the, the lesson that we've learned is about sitting in the gray, playing mm-hmm. in that in that gray, in that messy middle of saying, mm-hmm. yes, I'm going to acknowledge and validate this right. impulse to say what you need and what you want first above all else. Right. And then we're going to work with that in a way that doesn't disempower other people, that doesn't interrupt the entire day, that doesn't get someone hurt, right. all of these things. It can be both. It totally can. <clears throat> Someone said, "Ugh, what a day. Looking forward to this. Thank you both always. Thank you, Amy, for being here. Someone else said, hello, yay, finally made it from cloudy Sydney, Australia. Welcome. Welcome. It's been cloudy and sunny and hailey and rainy here in Portland. Uh, it's been interesting as well. Tell us where you're tuning in from, everybody. Someone else said, five-year-old having a real tough week at school, had a potty accident, pulled down his pants at lunch, let another kid write all over his arms. Ah, how to figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you talked to your five-year-old? Have you asked him what's going on in like a circle back way, not a grill back way to maybe understand? <laughs> I think so often we get um, these reports from teachers and we're like, oh my God, immediately we go into like responsible, dra- brought into the principal's office mm-hmm. kind of triggered reaction. And, and then we go we to our do. kid if we say anything at all and say, why would you do that? So I've heard from your teacher. Oh, right. Like, honey, why? Right. And we don't want to make it worse for them. We don't want to create more stress for what was basically looks like from this uh, person's um, submission is a stress response. Mm-hmm. You know, kids do interesting stuff because they're curious. They're supposed to be curious mm-hmm. because they're experimenting. They're supposed to experiment with rules mm-hmm. and boundaries and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. And also because sometimes they're stressed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, potty accidents or pulling down pants, um, letting another kid write all over you. These are all learning experiences mm-hmm. and ways that your kid is authentically um, with the best of intentions moving through the world to get their needs met. Wouldn't so, it be so great if our five-year-old or two-year-old or eight-year-old could be like, so mom, it was a long day at school. Um, it's new still because now we're back and we can go and I've just, I've had some trouble adjusting and you know, so-and-so my best friend isn't there anymore. And this teacher is like talking through a mask and it's just kind of weird. And I'm just she got this big eyebrow and it's like feeling a little anxiety about it. And I've just been like, you know, s- stressing and I'm not quite sure what to do about it. And I just, I would love to talk about it whenever you're ready. <laughs> or even, so there was this incident at with the potty. Mm. This is the situation that I wanted to tell you about at lunch. And t- mm-hmm. Before my teacher tells you, I want to connect with you about it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> so great. Our kids will be able to do that later if we can connect with them that way. That same non-judgmental, loving, mm-hmm. accepting, slightly humorous way with them now mm-hmm. about what's going on with them. Yeah. We're conditioning them to experience these things, right? Yeah. Not just in the moment, but after the fact, mm-hmm. we have that influence with them. We can be that safe space to circle back instead of grill back instead mm-hmm. of being like, so I heard from your teacher, even concerny face. Yeah. Um, we can just be like, okay, how was your day? How's it going? Oh. Okay. Do you say any friends? Do you guys get to read books and sing? That's so great. How was, was bathroom stuff all cool? <clears throat> okay, good. Maybe even if they're feeling receptive and want to talk, 
your teacher mentioned a couple of things happened just some goofy moments with you and a friend or what happened right, right? you know or i i remember this story when i was mm -hmm. uh in kindergarten i remember there was this potty and it had this rainbow over it and blah, 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 and tell the story and be like, do you ever have these potty things happen? Like, we want to be so sensitive and careful about how we talk about these things with our kids because we're showing them what a conversation about sensitive things can be like. And if we go in a little too hardcore, a little too one-sided, then we're telling them that that's what conversations with mom are like, hardcore and one-sided. And how mm -hmm. likely are they to connect with us about these things later if we're going hardcore and one-sided right away right kids learn by the way we teach not by our intention which is always good right yeah. we want to consider what is the impact of what we're saying on our child how are they receiving mm -hmm. our connection and our intention yeah. and our information and what yeah what is the impact not just of what we're saying but how we're saying mm -hmm. you know we we have to think like we connected a little bit about earlier that we're conditioning our kids we're normalizing something what do we want to be normalizing? Mm -hmm. Do we want to be normalizing side by side? I'm just your girl, bud. We're just, we're going to figure this thing out. Right. Cool. Stressful situation at school, yeah. some trouble with a friend or a teacher. We will figure this out. Do we want to normalize that as what's going to go on in our kid's mind when they're 20 or 30 and having a boss situation or a school situation? Or do we want to be normalizing a, a dynamic where somebody is able to shame them or pepper them with questions or, or minimize. minimize their experience or make them feel bad for a struggle they were going through, right? Yeah. We want our kids to feel strong inside mm -hmm. from our support, from right. our side-by-side -side connection so that if they do end up in a situation that's less supportive one day, they'll be like, this feels unhealthy. I don't know if I want to work for this guy or I don't know if I want or to date this person this or less than this. Yeah. I think in this situation to wrap it up with the school situation, a five-year-old kind of um, experiencing some things at school, you're getting that report. I think oftentimes we just go immediately to the child to explain what they did and why. And we need to go actually back to the teacher, the person who is responsible and in charge and say, can you explain to me why you think that happened? Mm -hmm. This is my child getting their needs mm -hmm. met. What's happened in here? Why do you think they pulled their pants down? Why do you think they had a potty accident? Where were you when the drawing right. on arms was happening? Right. You were their caregiver during these times, and I'm not grilling you about it. I'm just trying to understand based on the context that you're creating and the yeah. space you're nurturing with my child while do I'm not there. Do you feel like there are any other stressful situations that have been going on for them that might make them act out a little bit in this way? I'd love mm -hmm. to hear you because you spend a lot of time with them all day. Right. How's their emotional equilibrium when they're with you at mm -hmm. school? I'd right. love to hear it. I think school oftentimes focuses on, guess what, behaviors, what Conformity, your kids saying, what your kids doing, how they're being a pain in the ass, what they need to be doing instead. And I think a real conversation, just like we would want to have with our kids, is the same we'd have with the teacher or the principal and say, what's going on underneath? What's at play here? Mm -hmm. What's happening? What's been happening at home that I could be telling you at school so we mm -hmm. can be connecting about it? Yeah. Right? And, and the biggest takeaway is it's no one's fault. Yeah. Nobody's at fault. If we can embrace yeah. the as is, we can move forward to problem solve right. in a connective, you guys loving can be way. a team. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Someone else asked, will there ever be a time when a 10 minute route won't take us 50 minutes because we have to stop to examine everything? I'm trying to be patient, but sometimes I just want to go. Yes, mm -hmm. live in abundance. I don't know how old your child is. <clears throat> if you're pushing them, walking them, carrying them, dragging them, what's mm -hmm. happening? Um, but I think that uh, preparing for the journey beforehand uh, finding ways to support that um, that desire to experiment, to check in on things, to 
that mindfulness that our kids bring into every moment where they take one little moment and they expand it into like 10 hours of excitement and intrigue. Is it feeling like right? delay tactics? Is it just feeling like exploring? Both right. can be frustrating and to hard. know, but getting clear on what that is and why you're feeling that need. Why does it have to be 10 minutes and not 50 minutes? Yeah. Can you backtrack? Can you be listening to a podcast while your kid's mm-hmm. getting in the succulents can on you, the walk? Can you change the 10 minute um, trip to a two minute trip? If you want to spend 15 minutes instead of 50 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Can you find some way to do well? So we're going to, we, we backpack where you're on my back for this amount of time or I'm pushing you. And then we drop for the last 15 minutes. Right. If you're able to hold them or push right. them in a bob, that's the pony ride time. That's the, the off the tracks mm-hmm. railroad time, that's the innovate time that we have, mm-hmm. right? Thinking about it on our own as parents and then connecting with our kid to see if we can innovate. But I also think just just accepting in some ways and, mm-hmm. and also just also connecting authentically to our child. If we get to that point and we're like, Oh shit, I didn't think ahead about how to get them here faster. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. I'm starting to lose my shit mm-hmm. or we need to get to this place really soon. Mm-hmm. Connecting with your child, getting down to their level, validating what they're doing. Just like with any to, transition. Come on, let's go. Come on. That is cool. Yeah, I know, but we have to go. We have to go. Meanwhile, we have to go. Stress is just building, right? Can we stop <clears throat> connect? Oh my gosh. I love that you're doing this. Those little snails are so cute. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Can we take one of these home? We need to get to that beach. Can I tell or you something really I, quick? Can I tell you something? I worry that if we can't get there soon, we won't have time to play. Mm-hmm. What should we do? And we're building our, our kids' skills and their awareness of realizing time and all mm-hmm. of that stuff, right? Yeah. It's not us against them. It's not them against I us. I love these slow, lovely walks. Oh, and I really just remember what's waiting for us at home, Papa, with dinner. How can we pick up the pace a little bit while still smelling the flowers and doing the things, right? You know, without issuing a consequence to pick up their pace. But I think so much of this is saying, what can we do ourselves beforehand to prepare the environment? And then what can we do to connect with our child in the moment to move things along? Mm -hmm. And then if all of that falls to shit, what can we do after that to pick up the pieces, plan for next time Mm -hmm. ourselves and with our child? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone says, I'm learning to welcome resistance and practicing resist regularly, but then still snap and slip into control mode, mostly around transitions. I'm worried I'm giving my spirited three-year-old mixed messages. Sure. That's so understandable. I think that when we've kind of taken off the the control goggles, I can feel really uh, insecuring and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to be all of a sudden kind of toggling back and forth. And I think Mm -hmm. it's so great that you're honest and open with yourself about it. And then also connecting with your child and saying, being clear about your intentions. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I've been working on really listening to you and mm-hmm. connecting to you when you're struggling, when we need to go do something. I don't want to give consequences. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give a timeout. I don't want to get I angry. Struggle. And then also sometimes I still struggle yeah. because I'm still working on the skills. We're yeah. building those skills together yeah. and I do the best I can, but sometimes I get frustrated and I yell, I'm sorry for that. Yeah. We talk about the circle back <clears throat> step that we were just mentioning before to being in the trust step of our um, resist approach, six um, loose steps to resist the conditioning that we've inherited that says control, dominate, issue consequences, punish all of these things. And instead saying connect using <clears throat> skills that we want our kids ultimately to have Mm -hmm. and we want to be building ourselves, but we've got to practice those um, for them to be able to practice those. And I think the circle back is really, especially in these moments when we're stressed, we've got a lot of pressures at home in the world, greater world. um, The circle back is the glue, right? And imagine like 
the way that you used to parent that you're trying not to in this control method. Imagine it ripped in half, basically, and there being kind of a jagged edge on each side. The circle back is the glue that says, okay, I was here and I'm wanting to go here and I'm going to bridge that gap with this connection, right? To say, I was doing that. Sometimes I still do. Here's what I'm trying to do. Love you. And I mean, we keep, I love that Kelty. And I, I don't think we can expect our kids to just bounce into our mm-hmm. resist approach versus our control approach and just all of a sudden be changing their behavior. Our goal isn't our kids' obedience, right? Mm-hmm. Our goal is our transformation leading to eventually their transformation. Mm-hmm. That said, oftentimes when kids have been used to the control approach for a long time, mm-hmm. it does take them a little while to get accustomed, just like it does to us with a new approach, the resist approach or another approach mm-hmm. where we're using powers beyond control. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes we're like, oh my gosh, this doesn't feel like it's working or mm-hmm. I'm being really inconsistent. Everyone's confused. Everyone's confused. They're looking at me like, you usually yell right now. What are you doing, mom? <laughs> you know, <laughs> or they call me out and say, you're putting on some weird act. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust this. Right. What's happening? I don't like it. People tell us that a Where's lot. Where's the old mom? Yeah. Like where I know <laughs> that it, I could depend it's on. It's shitty, but it's clear. <laughs> I, it's predictable. Yeah. Right. It's all part of the process. You're doing an amazing job and your kids are too. And you can be open about that with them. You can say, I'm working on different things. I'm building different skills. Thank you for being patient with me. We talk often about how uh, the control method in discipline moments when our kids are throwing big fits and having big feelings and pushing our buttons with challenging behaviors and, and like destroying stuff and making all of these choices that we really feel personally challenged by. That's a really nice way of saying it. It sure is. Um, we end up following this script. Talk about tearing a piece of paper in half. There's this, this voice. Sometimes I'm like, why am I saying this? Where did this come from? I've been fed a line. Who gave me this line? What is going on? Oh, maybe someone said it to me in my past. Oh, maybe I've watched on a bunch of shitty shows. Oh, maybe I see it at the park every other day. Oh, maybe I remember being treated this way, but it's a dialogue of, and we can tell our kid this. When, remember when you used to do this and I would say this, or I would do this, and then you would do this, and then I would do this, and then you would do this, and I would do this. We had this pattern. We had this script going back and forth. I don't want to do that anymore. Sometimes we'll still do it. We'll fall into that into that pattern, and feel, that's okay. I don't feel like it's helping you build right. skills. I don't feel like it's helping our connection. Right. Our, our, you know. But instead of following this script where it's like almost like we're in a play yeah. where I'm the director and I'm the writer, and I'm the producer, and I'm the lead actor, and (laughs) I'm the critic, and I'm all the things. Instead of doing that, I want to be in an improv routine with you. This would be especially great for teenagers who understand what that is more. Mm -hmm. I want to be on stage with you. SNL. Great. Instead of saying no, but I want to say yes, and you just threw this thing up in the air. How am I going to respond? How am I going to keep this conversation going in a way that People in the audience are going to be tickled and interested by it, as opposed to horrified by. And the actors are going to be energized by mm-hmm. because it's real. Yeah. Because it's not prescripted. Mm-hmm. Because it's not based on someone else's desires for what you say and what you do when you're on stage. Right. You're not a puppet. <clears throat> right. You are part of the energy and the magic that goes into a true, authentic connection with another right. human being where you don't know where it's going to go. You have agency in the production that is your life. Mm-hmm. And that is what we're bringing in these in these moments with our kids is saying, I don't know what's going to happen necessarily, but I'm going to try a new conversation. I'm going to show up in a different way. I'm going to ask a question instead of give a threat, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to say nothing and just listen, Mm -hmm. right? I got to throw a joke out there. 
Walk yeah. on my hands for a minute. See what happens. I'm going to do my like ballet girl voice, which I've been doing lately, <laughs> yeah. um, which has been helping my kids a lot. Right. When I need their support. Like when you're talking about what? Like it's totally time to get in the bath. Why mm-hmm. aren't you in the bath yet? <laughs> oh my God. They think it's so funny. They love it. And then they go get in the bath. Most of the time they do. Sometimes. At least it's, right now. It's pretty good. It's been working well. Someone says that judgment feeling when my five-year-old has big frustrated feelings around others who don't feel it is acceptable. Oh, that feeling is so hard yeah. to not give a shit what other people think and, and keep that focus trained on our kid who needs us in those moments. That is so tricky. <sighs> so tricky. Yeah. I think we have to just keep being feeling that presence of all of us here, mm-hmm. putting our hands on your shoulder saying, it's okay. Yeah. You can nod your head and know that you are in the presence the, the emotional presence of so many other people, maybe not the physical presence mm-hmm. of these friends or these family members who don't get it and are judging you and mm-hmm. your kid, but you are, are connected. You are mm-hmm. connected to other people and supported by other people who get it, who've done the research, who've read the research, yeah. who are doing the work every day. We're with you. Our so, community is <clears throat> with you. Yeah. Something else I always think to myself too is like, my presence says so much. And if I'm trying to prove something or even just feel better myself, or be defensive, so much is Yeah. Or... So much is just my own presence and just nodding my head and looking like, yes, I get this. And I totally will yeah. talk to you about it. If you but need it's so it. Interesting. The number of times that we've been able to run the resist approach with our kids in the moment of a struggle. Mm. And as there are onlookers, whether it's random public people, um, an in-law, a friend who's just kind of like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you shutting this shit down? Why are you letting this thing happen? Why are you quote unquote bargaining with them yeah. as in a respectful conversation? Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and where was I going with this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm waving to people. I'm sorry. You're Kyle. distracting I wasn't me. even listening to you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So oh, many just folks let me, are let me coming in. For, I want to wave to everybody. I'm sorry. It was kind of a big lead up. It was. Okay. Surprised. Take, take your time, <laughs> girlfriend. Give me a second. Take your time. People are sending hearts. We are editing They're this loving the it. They're loving it. <clears throat> okay. I was talking about those moments that were feeling judgment from people. Where was I going with that? Um, the person who was struggling with their, um, child, like taking so long to walk somewhere, she said expectations, I guess she hates the pram. So we don't have any other option to get anywhere without resistance. Yeah. And I think the loving follow through, which is in our, our, um, summarized step is also available to you. If you say, Oh my gosh, I totally validate and understand what, okay. What you're the time you're taking with walking here. But if we don't do this, you know, then we won't have time to play at the beach or we won't get home for that meeting I have. Can we go? And if they still don't want to go, then you say, so I'll have to pick you up then and carry you. And mm-hmm. then you're showing them because you're not doing it just because you feel like you want to go get a tan or you're feeling like whatever. Mm-hmm. You've, you've rationalized why this is critical that you move you and your toddler forward on this walking mm-hmm. journey. So it takes 10 minutes instead of 50 minutes. And that's why you're doing the loving follow through. You've innovated. You've gone through the resist approach. You've empathized for the situation mm-hmm. they're in. You've stated the need, right? You're, you've innovated. I, I already said that. Yeah. But I would also say, why does your kid not like the pram? What's up with that? Have yeah. you connected with them about it? Like, how could you make it more fun? How could you make mm-hmm. it, them feel more connected to it? Could they push it for a while? Could they bring mm-hmm. baby with mm-hmm. them? What yeah. can we do? Could that be during your snack time? Could that be you get to wear this funny hat and glasses every time you sit in the pram? And that's, that's the new plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I remember what I was going to say real wait, quick. Someone else said... 
That's so true about the ripped up jagged edge of resist and control approach, like broken heart, crying face and taking off the control goggle conditioning. It's almost like I need to use the resist approach on myself. Yes. Yes. Use it on yourself. Use it on your partner. Use it on your mother. That's what I was going to say was about the, that feeling of being judged by this new approach to Mm -hmm. discipline moments from people. I'm sorry that I lost my train of thought. Um, this is so obvious. I'm like, what was my problem? Um, but in those moments when we're feeling that heat of like people judging us, people saying something, maybe they're just casting like eye daggers at us, or we feel the heat. Maybe we're really sensitive and we're just Mm -hmm. self-conscious about it. Whatever it is, those are moments that we can be modeling for those people too. Mm. So we, in those moments, we don't have to defend it or be like, well, this is what I'm doing or they're fine actually. Or why are you saying this? Or don't judge us. Feel the the love from everybody in your community. Yeah. Those are moments, like you said, feel the love, um, feel that sense of pride and doing the work that you believe in and also be modeling skills for that father-in-law or that sister Mm -hmm. or whoever who doesn't understand and, you know, stand strong in that power Mm -hmm. saying, yeah, you think that's really weird. That's the empathize step. You think it's really weird that I'm, that I'm letting this play out a little bit to see what happens to respect your autonomy or yeah, that really is a struggle for you to hear that yelling. You just want it to stop Mm -hmm. right now. Or you can sports cast to someone who doesn't understand like a Mm -hmm. neighbor or a partner or an in-law or somebody Mm -hmm. and say to your, your child, you're having some big feelings about this situation. Mm -hmm. I'm here to support you. I'm not going to let you do this thing, but I'm here. I'm Mm -hmm. so sorry. We're struggling about this. You're showing the person who's nearby Mm -hmm. or if the partner, um, grandpa, whoever is struggling too, you could say grandpa's struggling to support you a little bit. It's a little bit different for him. I get that, but I'm here focused with you. Mm -hmm. So we could be connecting to the kid about the, how they're getting, they might be getting this weird situation from Mm -hmm. this other person and be Letting this other person hear that you're attacking that straight on with your kid and saying, I see that they're struggling or I see that they are not used to you having your whole spectrum of feelings, uh, you know, appreciated right. in our house or and bottom line, fuck everybody except mm-hmm. your kid. Thank I'm you. sorry, but we are parenting and showing up mm-hmm. to support our child, not to support and make everybody happy who's around us. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, we'll do the work in therapy or in other conversations mm-hmm. with the, with this other person. But I think the work lies in supporting our child in those yeah. moments. In the heat of the moment, right? Just let everyone else fade away. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Someone said, can you write a book? Ha ha. Huh? <laughs> um... Someone says, Q, about obsessions, how to deal when my kid four-year-old is just all about one thing, how to divert away and get them to stop asking about it. Ooh, like what? Tell me more. I want to know what they're obsessed with. Yeah. I would say find ways to help that obsession in a way that works for you. How can figure out, dive into why? Is it because it's that show or is it because it's about (laughs) dinosaurs and you can dive into the dinosaurs? (laughs) Kelly, you don't know how to wave? We're picturing you waiting. <clears throat> Blair said, Kelty, you were talking about not caring what other people think. I know I talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that new to you? No, she was reminding you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Blair. We're so tired. Oh, we've been up early with kids. You're talking about persistent persistence about like getting on a loop about a thing. Yeah. I think we just support that. We validate. You really still want those tennis shoes. Oh, oh tell me about them. Which picture, which do you want? When would you want them? When would you wear them? Do you want to write cool. it down? Do you want to figure We're out? We're not like, list? here's the money by connect, connecting about it. Mm-hmm. We're like, I want to hear about it. I want to know. We don't have to be the gatekeeper in a conversation with our kids about something they want. 
we can say right away, I wonder, I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but I want to hear about it. I Tell wish me. we could. I wonder mm. if whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm going to validate and honor the impulse and the mm. desire you have because I don't want you to grow up shutting down your own desires because they were shut down. Isn't that how child? we all feel those moments when I'm like, I wish I could have more shoes. I want to go on that vacation. Yeah, and I talked <gasps> to my partner and, and what if they were like, no, <laughs> we don't have enough money for shoes or you Kelsey, have three pair of those on. already. Your Hannah's like fucking COVID. We can't go anywhere. Hello. That's not what any of us wants to hear. That makes me feel so uncomfortable when people just shut me down without validating or acknowledging what I'm saying, how I'm feeling, whatever the underlying thing Obsessions is. Obsessions are not about having not gotten something. They're about not having felt resolved about something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. I've had some healthy uh, obsessions (laughs) that that I feel more supported, but it's just, it's in there and that's okay. But it's about the feeling like Mm -hmm. kids can let go. We can all let go of things eventually if we Mm -hmm. feel connected, seen, soothed, like supported, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get so upset when we don't. He's obsessed. Mm -hmm. I hear that. That's okay. And I think sometimes those moments that our kids um, are pushing that thing and you're like, God, you're broken record about it. This is terrible. Just drop it already. Those are the moments that our kid needs to just like tea kettle and let out some steam, right? We call it banana o'clock with my son. (laughs) It's banana o'clock. He's scaling the cupboards. It's 345, 415, pre-dinner, post-hangout rest time. Used to nap at this time. Right. It's when he's just like, must have Mm. banana, will kill unless I do not get it. And we all have those moments. It's not always a predictable schedule every day. It's not always proceed like preceded by some specific trigger, but, but it's when we stress ha- must come out. I think thinking of this as a stress response is really big. Mm-hmm. It's not always about the Lego. It's not always about, you know, the, the nap time. It's not always about the friend at school. It's about the accumulation of micro stresses over mm-hmm. the day that are in our child's bodies and need to be released. Mm-hmm. And that will happen with whatever is bink, put on top of everything mm-hmm. they're experienced draw that broke the camel's back yes. kind of stuff. But I think um, obsessions in general, just work with it. Work mm-hmm. with it. You don't have to buy more of the thing, allow more of the screen time, mm-hmm. do any of those Shut things. Shut it down. Get clear on those boundaries, yeah. right? But then welcome all the feelings around it. That's our empathize mm-hmm. step of our resist approach that you can download. I think it's so easy when those moments when they start getting persistent, you're like, I'm just gonna nip this in the butt and just say no right away. And when that starts to happen with my kids because they're spirit insensitive, I go straight to you or myself or my mm-hmm. partner and say, Can we actually buy these hatchimals? Like, is that actually <laughs> gonna happen? It is like, is this feasible? Because right. they're gonna take it fucking all the way. Mm-hmm. And like, well, do I wanna <clears throat> die on that hill? Okay. Sometimes we do. And sometimes I'm like, I will just give it to them right away because I know what I'm going to expect if it's a feasible thing. Let's think about this persistence as feminists, Mm -hmm. as progressive people. We want our kids to stay persistent. Mm -hmm. We want them to stay insistent. Mm -hmm. We want them to stay resistant, Mm -hmm. right? To culture, Mm -hmm. right? To pressure, to control, to oppression. And we want them to recognize that for other people too. Mm -hmm. So we can't be triggered in in stressing out and not wanting to support our kids persistence Mm -hmm. because that could be the persistence that they have in the boardroom Mm -hmm. in the frat hall where Mm -hmm. they're standing up for themselves in the um, classroom the classroom when they're speaking Mm -hmm. up for another student or for their own Mm -hmm. rights with going to the bathroom if they have to Mm -hmm. all of those things are really important so we have to ask why are we feeling so triggered and upset about our Mm -hmm. kids persistence with this and oftentimes it's because 
I, at least I notice I delay it so long. I'm like, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah No big deal. Uh, and it, it ramps me up. And instead, can we notice and recognize our kids' resistance is mm-hmm. beautiful. Their persistence and insistence is beautiful and turn immediately toward them whenever we can and say, you, this, yes. Here's what I I'm get hearing. It. I want to hear it. What is it? Let's validate it. Let's write it down. Mm-hmm. Let's put it on the calendar. Let's yeah. make a step to honor and validate yeah. you. And to someone who's been, you know, not necessarily validated um, in that way about things that a parent's going to say no about, that might be a little bit of a process. But our, your kid will start recognizing, okay, whether I get it or not, my parent is invested for even two minutes in connecting with me authentically <clears throat> about this thing. And, and we get liberated through the process too. We don't have to give a yes, give a no, give an explanation, fix it, punish it, do any of that. We can just be like, is, can this happen or not? We take a second to think about it. That's in the re- respect right. step of our resist approach. Get real. Let's get real. Is this yeah. happening or not? So let's say it's not happening. We empathize. You really want that. Oh. Maybe we don't know yet. That's okay too. Tell me about I'm it. Think about what's this. happening. Tell me more. I'm thinking fast as right. I'm going. I don't right? know yet. We might have to sync up and throw a little thing out there. It could be inflammatory for some kids to be like, yeah, but we can't. Or that would be great. You know, once we have money or that would be great. Mm-hmm. If, you know, once that grandma doesn't live on these, you don't have a hundred of those already. Right. 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 Throw that out there a little bit. If they're still pissed, resisting, mm-hmm. insistent, all the things we go to innovate, right? When could we get that? How much money would we need? When would be a, t- a good time of year to have grandma out? When this, we start asking questions so that our kids examine those mm-hmm. resistance moments and think, how can I get my needs met adaptively? Mm-hmm. As opposed to just shutting it down because we don't like it and it's a pain in the butt and we don't want to hear it. We're going to get curious and help stimulate that curiosity mm-hmm. in our kids. So they start problem solving and start thinking about stuff on their own. Mm-hmm. Or when they have a persistent, obsessive moment, mm-hmm. All of a sudden they're saying, well, what if we this, or what if we that those moments that we instinctively are like, God, they're bargaining and they're trying to negotiate everything. And we look at our fierce negotiators as brilliant, Mm -hmm. right? Negotiation is a superpower, right? And then we might have to eventually after the innovate step, they're still just rolling on and on and on summarize where we might have to set a limit. You still really want that. You're still thinking about that thing or whatever it is so much. I wish we could do that too. Yeah. We might have to set a limit. Yeah. Yes. If you're putting me on the spot, I gotta say, still not going to happen right, not now. right now. Right. Yeah. Someone, uh, the wellness village said mine is three year old with who's obsessed with playing pretend with Legos. And he asks us to play with them all day. And he's obsessed. He gets so upset when we don't. Yes. Mm. So that's his language. That's his connect mm-hmm. connecting opportunity, right? That's where maybe you can dive into some symbolic play where you're working out other stuff during mm-hmm. the day. You're feeling connected. He's feeling connected with mm-hmm. you. That's how, you know, some kids might be clinging to the ankles. Other kids might be um, wanting to eat with you or nurse. And this kid wants to play with Legos. And that's so great. Mm-hmm. But he also knows this child, this three-year-old, when you don't want to play with Legos, he's asking you, but if you did it and you didn't really want to do it, he's going to get that vibe that you're mm-hmm. not wanting to play with him. Yeah. And we don't want to be teaching our kids to, um, miss, uh, kind of, uh, understand the signals around other people where you say, sure, I will. But you're like the whole time we mm-hmm. want to be authentic and, and connected. So do it when you can create a beautiful boundary mm-hmm. and an expectation and then say, and I'm going to go now to go do this other yeah. thing. You wish I could do Legos longer yeah. with you. Can you set up, and we're running the resist approach again. Can you set up the situation and I'll come back in five minutes mm-hmm. or 10 and I think minutes. a lot of the respect right. step 
after you've run the resist approach and it sucked is being like, okay, back to the drawing boards. When are they asking me to play? Is it all day? Do we have no boundaries around stuff? Do we have no expectation set up for I'm working right now. Mm -hmm. And when the clock is this, or after I finish this thing, I will give a ding or security around it. So they'll know, right? right? That would help a lot. Him understand when you are able to do it and when you're not, because it can be draining and a child Mm -hmm. might, might want that all the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't want to play pretend all day. That's That's okay. okay. You do not have to play pretend all day with your child. That is okay. Yeah. Right. Someone said stress response. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Our kids are, like Hannah said, accumulating micro stresses all day. All of us are. Mm-hmm. And in these stressful times, there might be a little more of that. Mm-hmm. We might be a little bit less focused and able to see to our kids' needs in a way that they need. And we always want to touch a little bit on sensory processing, sensory integration, focusing on our kids' nervous systems. If we can, a few times a day, lean into them doing things that can help integrate their nervous system, right? So basically help calm them, help them purge stress in a way that's not screaming, throwing things, doing all this stuff. It's so easy for us to look at our kids' behaviors. Why do they keep climbing on that couch? Why do they keep jumping on something I told them not to? Why are they making a Lego thing and bashing it and making it? Why are they yelling, humming? Why are they going? I don't know. how. I can't even do it. My daughter used to do that like as a motorboating. Yeah. Before she cried, she would always do that. Those are all attempts to relax our kids' parasympathetic nervous systems, right? Everything is to regulate them and help them feel secure in their bodies. So when we see a lot of these physical signs of quote unquote misbehavior or destruction or stuff, we always have to know our kids are doing the very best they can. They're trying to get their needs met and they might have um, some some sensory needs Mm -hmm. right now. So you want to spit on something? Let's go outside and spit. Your body wants to spit. You want to jump on something? Let's go outside and jump. You're feeling uncomfortable and saying mean words? Let's do some jumping jacks, Mm -hmm. right? Scream into this pillow or wherever, outside or wherever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's do some wheelbarrow walking. Let's crawl. Mm -hmm. Let's um, do some uh, kind of like wheelbarrow things like this, kind of wheelie things, jumping back and forth, getting that vestibular input, Mm -hmm. right? That's going to help our kids relax. Mm -hmm and find more adaptive ways basically to release stress. That's not screaming, crying, right? All the other stuff. It's for our sanity that we're doing this, but it's also to build the skills with our kids, right? So that they understand their bodies and their needs and can get those needs met. They can be older and have this kind of voice in their mind that says, what am I needing right now? Do I need to go for a jog? Kind of Do I need to go um, hit the punching bag or go to the gym? Do I need to cry in the shower? Do I need to go have sex? Like, what do I need? What does my body need? Right. That's a coping Mm -hmm. strategy rather than a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Coping strategy is something forethought, predetermined, usually figured it out, (laughs) healthier. Coping mechanisms are less conscious. They're last minute, like drinking, Mm -hmm. you know, gambling, eating, online shopping, eating, those types of things, which we all have done Mm -hmm. and do. But we'd rather our kids be doing coping strategies where they know this is the strategy I go to when I'm feeling uncomfortable. But that can only happen when our kids are exhibiting these wild behaviors Mm -hmm. and feeling uncomfortable and having stress that's coming out and leaking out in all these weird ways that we say, how are you doing? What are you needing? That we create safety around. Yeah. As opposed to saying, what's your problem? dude, this, that we create insecurity. Why are you doing this? What's going on with you? Or I don't like those words, or I've told you before this Mm -hmm. or whatever, instead to just look at this person who's struggling, yes, struggling 
in front of us and say, that feels good. what are you cool. needing? What are you needing right now? Even if we have to put a face on to do it inside, we're like, ah! on the outside, we're like, what am I needing? What are you needing? Right. Are you okay? We might need to take a little How's personal time out ourselves and just be like, you're needing something. I know you are. And I, I, we're going to figure this out. I'll be right back and just <laughs> do a little ghost. You're really in. good at those. Thank you. Someone said, huge turning point for us this week when my kid finally heard me trying to help her rather than thinking I'm shutting down the fun. That is amazing. I love that word, help. Yes. Like she said, yes, as long as I have time, whenever I'm in a hurry, all bets are off. Super triggery. But yes, yes. Those hurries rush us along mm -hmm. and make us lean on, on, our, on our instincts, mm -hmm. you know? Amy, in that control toolbox. Amy, you mentioned what about resistance around the have to things like doctor, dentist, etc. We empathize and respect the feeling, but we gotta do it. Examples of that dialogue. Mm -hmm. Oh, we could do a whole episode on this. We have. Um, we have. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah. But um, but you know, doing as much preparation, doing as much collaboration beforehand, and then mm -hmm. welcoming all the feelings, validating all of those, saying that mm -hmm. it's hard and you're with them and it's really tricky. But really knowing too, like if they're not ready for that, you know, poke or if they're not ready for those things, we want our kids to feel agency over their bodies and their lives. We want mm -hmm. them to want to go to the dentist. We mm -hmm. want them to want to go to the doctor. And that takes mm -hmm. time. It's, it's such a fine line between saying, what am I going to hold fast to? And what am I going to allow my kid to determine? Yeah. And that's different for every family. It's different for every child. Some kids need us to lovingly guide them in that loving follow through that we talk about in our summarized step of the resist approach. Mm -hmm. And other kids who are more spirited, like Kelty's kids, do need the the, the agency to say, not this time, next time. time. Mm -hmm. I need six hours instead of one hour, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's tricky. We talk about that a lot with even just basics like teeth brushing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so much easier for you to just gently kind of corral your kids into the bathroom to be like, but tonight really it needs to happen. Okay, mm -hmm. let's run the resist approach a little bit. And they're like, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll do it. And with mine, it's like, if I corral, if they feel a tiny arm, they're just like, actually never going to happen. Actually, now I will, <laughs> yeah, this will my never happen offer. in a million yeah. years. Even if it's like a cookie or something, if they felt an agenda from me trying to give them something <clears throat> desserty, they would be like, absolutely Your not. Spirit this is highly attuned. suspect to control. Yeah. Yes. Um, here yeah, you, he had said, uh, can you use the resist approach uh, to what age? And it is an infinite uh, age. Um, we can use the resist approach, which is powers beyond control and nonviolent communication type of approach with anybody in our lives, from our babies to our friends, to our children, to our teenagers, to our in-laws, to our co-workers. It applies to everybody. It's research informed. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty great. And you mentioned it's so hard to keep that face, that face where we're just holding it together. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And that's the practice. Um, you mentioned, Amy, do you have a list or collection of innovative ways to help these sensitive and spirited kids find that regulation? Those were such good ideas. I'd love that. And the moment when I'm at a loss, I know yeah. we have some in our big feelings guide. There are also some great resources on Instagram seed. And so mm -hmm. Alyssa from there is a yeah. great account who does a lot of sensory <clears throat> stuff. She's yeah. Wonderful. And we're coming out with a spirited kids guide. So it'll mm -hmm. have a lot more of those things um, mm -hmm. in it. Let us know what you're needing, what you're wanting. We'd love to hear that feedback mm -hmm. so that we can know what to create for you. Sarah said, I love and laugh out loud when you impersonate each other and your kids. <laughs> I don't even notice that I'm doing it. It's pretty yeah. funny. I'm like, what? I, I did not like Yeah. Any other, I think we may have missed a couple, couple mm -hmm. folks here. 
but um, we're going to get to everybody um, this next time. Ooh, what's that one? Clow, um, you mentioned my three-year-old screams, cries, or yells when something upsets him, mostly impatient. I try really hard to remain calm, but I'm so worried he's impatient because it always gives him everything he needs. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is that fear in the back of our minds that says, if my kid wants something and I give it to them, am I conditioning them to get everything they want and expect that? Well, yeah, we are <laughs> expected to give our kid everything they need when they need it as their caregiver. Within reason. Yeah. Within reason. And so that is the, the divider. And that's that tricky line that a lot of us are like, oh my God, when is it reasonable? When is it unreasonable? Mm -hmm. And that's something that we all have to figure out ourselves yeah. and define through our own awareness process. But I think the big aha moment in when do I give a kid something they want versus something they really need, all of those mm -hmm. things are judgment-based for, for us, right? Right. The big question there and the big, uh, I was going to say the big realization is, our kids always need our love and connection, and we can always give that to them, even if we're no not giving them the thing they want. Mm -hmm. Even if we're saying, oh, you can't go see your friend, or no, not one more show, mm -hmm. or absolutely not those shoes. I, I have my, my own thoughts You're about You're wanting them. this pasta, and it's half-cooked. I'm not there yet. Yeah. I think with a three-year-old, they don't have even the verbal ability, let alone the self-regulation in the front part of their brain, to be able to regulate their feelings and their impulses mm -hmm. and say, uh, inside, I have that awareness. Oh, I'm feeling really hungry. Mm -hmm. I'm going to think about that. What am I going to do? Instead mm -hmm. of just saying, where's my pasta, right? Mm -hmm. That's a three-year-old. And so you can just say, oh my gosh, the pasta's not ready. I wish it were. You sound really hungry mm -hmm. and help build and translate those needs. That's what we talk about in our big feelings guide that's available in our shop. How do we translate what our kids are mm -hmm. needing and feeling and expressing without shutting down the origin and the root, the spirit behind it, mm -hmm. but also getting real with the logistics, getting real with What's okay, what's not? Yeah, right? someone, you can do both. Someone said, what's the best way to react to a meltdown? Mm -hmm. I think it's all connected in that too. We hold yeah. space, we validate, we say, I see you, I get you. Even if in our minds, I'm like, I don't get you. I don't understand this big fuss over a spoon or why you're refusing to go to this place you want to go or why you're dragging your feet on whatever or why yeah. you're mad at your sibling and having a meltdown about this one toy. We might not understand, but our job is to seek to understand and to hold space for the process. We don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to fix anything. We don't have to do anything in a, in a moment when our kids are having big feelings or exhibiting challenging behaviors, except hold space, hold boundaries for safety, and just be there and try to exude a loving presence. That's it. I think security is the name of the game. Physical security and emotional security. Mm -hmm. That is all our kids ultimately need, truly. And everything else can happen. It's okay. As long as they're physically safe and emotionally safe. And emotionally safe doesn't mean they're not feeling the hard feelings. It means they're feeling the hard feelings in life and everything in between with us as their attachment figure and caregiver showing that it's safe. Mm -hmm. We show with our body language, our tone, our vibe, right? That it's okay. They're feeling disappointed, frustrated, angry, resentful, jealous, scared, mm -hmm. insecure, dysregulated, any of those things, those are human conditions. Our kids are going to feel the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. And we want them to, to feel secure in those because when we can feel secure in the natural emotions we have, we're able to use the front part of our brain and think through them. Mm -hmm. We're able to not connect the way we feel to who we are, mm -hmm. right? Which can be very limiting and undermining. We want our kids to be aware of the world and how they move through it. And also be able to have the skills to adapt and to accept themselves as they 
figure it out and fail forward. And yeah. those are the things we're doing right now as their parents. That's mm-hmm. how they learn. Yeah. Our kids, can, our kids can only have unconditional self love yeah. if we give them unconditional love. Right. right? We, we are that, we become <clears throat> that inner voice that they have. Right. If we, if we come at them saying, Oh yes, I totally get that. We'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. Or that is so natural to feel that. I wonder why you're feeling like that. Mm-hmm. We can be that, that intuitive, inquisitive, um, curious, loving, non-judgmental presence. And sometimes we can't. And I then love, we come back to the circle. I, love that. <laughs> I think that can. as parents, we often think of the word permission. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to keep remembering that we can um, give them permission or not give them permission to do something, but we can always give them permission to be and to, to feel. feel and to express mm-hmm. always. And that is what's going to help them maintain that beautiful spirit all the, the, the self-concept, build all those things and change their behaviors into more adaptive ways over time. Yeah. Not at the expense of who they are and what they need though. Yeah. We can do both of those things. It can be both. Yeah. Don't forget that in those moments of stress, um, misbehavior, big feelings, like we can always downshift. If yeah. we know that we're like, oh God, the resist approach is feeling absolutely out of my grasp. I don't <laughs> yeah. think I could do any of that. I'm not feeling calm enough, level-headed enough. Yeah. I'm feeling too triggered if we can't leave the situation, if we can't put a pin in it, we can always downshift. And mm-hmm. I picture myself, sometimes I do it physically, mm. wilting down and do, we do the bobble, right? Mm-hmm. We start nodding and we're just trying to just stay as neutral and loving as possible mm-hmm. so we don't say or do something we might regret later. Mm-hmm. And if that's the best we can do, wonderful. If we can't even do that well, that's okay too. We talk often about how people say, oh, and then I yelled. I'm trying so hard and we were connected and oh, and then I spanked them or I told them, I gave them this withering glance that made them cry. And it's just heart wrenching that I'm going back and then I I go forward and then I go back and I go back and forward. And, and we say this, this whole parenting journey in this new way, this respectful, conscious, um, personal growth filled way for us is not a staircase. It's not a couple steps forward, one back. It's a river. It's always flowing. We just try to remember that ourselves. It's not rigid. It's intuitive. Yeah. We're always moving forward, right? We're here. If you're here, you're doing the work. If you're Mm -hmm. thinking about this in any way, if you're trying to even change one word a day, if you're just thinking about changing words and not doing it, right? If you're talking to your partner and being like, I might want to yell less and then still yelling, that's still progress. Right? It's all in the right direction. It's progress over perfection, connection over control, trust over fear. Yeah. Someone asked again, just last minute, like, how do I support my kids with um, regulation ideas uh, if they're not liking them? Mm-hmm. I would not try to do them in the moment if you haven't tried to do them out of the moment. So I would yeah. add that and you can ask us for more info in, in DM if you need it. Um, Wilton Bobble. Love it. That's so beautiful. Someone Wilton says, Bobble, everyone. I'm trying my best. There are days it's so hard. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Someone says you ladies rock. Be well. Thank you. We love all of you so much. And it just feels so good to connect with you all. We're not in this alone. We're all doing the work, right? Yeah. Marcy says my four-year-old keeps saying, I don't love you to us or his brother almost automatically Mm. as a response to things that trigger him. Mm. Not sure how to help him try to choose his words differently here. Don't. We wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's his four-year-old version of saying, I don't like what happened here. You drew the connection immediately. You're like, something happens. He didn't like. So he says, I don't love you. That's how he's saying, I didn't like that right now. Yeah. So Jen, as, as the, as the grown up person right who now, can we can interpret who, things, who can interpret we're, we, we're not going to take that personally. 
He loves us. We know he does. He's, he's dependent on us. We're his attachment figure. We're God. Okay. Or even a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica, you said, my three-year-old tells his brother, I don't like you, brother, as a trigger, too. And mm-hmm. that's so triggering to be like, it triggers all the fears we have, right? Yeah. I think th- okay. those are the moments that we can normalize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if someone feels hurt, even if the other sibling is like, he said that we would never be friends again, right? Those are the moments mm-hmm. we can say, oh, I'm so sorry. Underlying feeling. Right? Empathize. That's so hard. I'm sorry hard. that he said that. I'm sorry. Oh, said it feels that. hard when people say things Ugh. like that. Or even just, he's feeling really, you translate and interpret. Right. I would, he, um, he I must would be feeling first. really uncomfortable. It seems like he's really struggling he's today. Struggling Did you right notice now. that? Ugh. And then we turn to the one maybe that said the mean words. How you doing, How you honey? Doing? You sound angry. Yeah. You sound frustrated about this thing. So we bring them back about the issue rather than your brother. The extrapolation on a relationship, which mm-hmm. isn't true. It's just a projection that, um, infantile minds create and adult yeah. infantile minds as well because we they've never worked through those things. yeah focusing and, on the words yeah. marcy is the same as focusing on a behavior it's a waste of time yeah. right we want to focus on what's underneath it what's mm-hmm. going on for them where's this feeling coming from they might not want to be drilled with questions in the moment so we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're doing the best they can we can always say things like you seem uncomfortable seems like you're struggling that bothered you when he whatever that's the words that they're going to adopt to be able to translate instead of being like he's an asshole they'll be able to say it bothered me when he did this thing right you're creating clarity in all of these reflections you're mediating and translating Mm -hmm. for these little brains that haven't grown all the way yet yeah check out our sibling conflict doc for those work (laughs) we use the sibling conflict guide in tons of uh, my daughter okay i think we better go okay Yep. Kelty has to do a knocking thing. Um, Marcy says, great. Good to hear. I'll let that go for now. Thank you. Your modeling is what's going to create all of that, that learning. You are the best. Can't wait to see you for coaching tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Jessica, excited. Um, Empathy definitely works. Someone says, yes, let's works end it with that. Empathy works. If it works for us, works for our kids. Right. And as they say in places, keep working it. Yeah. Keep working that empathy. Yeah. We'll see you all soon. Love you all. You're doing an amazing job. See you Thursday. Thanks for being here.